Hello, and you're listening to The Miss Amanda Chen Show. This week, we're continuing our 100 Masked Men series, where I talk to men about life, love, sexuality, and masculinity. Because it's the holidays, I've decided to bring you two conversations that focus on family. Both of these men have a unique, unconventional perspective on family that is shaped by their upbringing and the challenges they've faced. Masked Man number 11 is the fatherless father. This guy is that ambitious hustler business type, and we talk about how he thinks about his role as a father after growing up without one, and how becoming a father himself forced him to reevaluate his life, get out of the criminal lifestyle he was caught up in, and eventually build a multi-million dollar business. If you know me from my entrepreneurial journey, I think you'll really like this one. I hope you enjoy the show. So are we going to talk about some stuff? We're going to talk about some stuff. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, my dad died when I was three years old. So I was raised by my mom and my grandmothers. We and uh, my grandmother was a restaurant owner, entrepreneur, and she raised three really strong women. Uh, they they run the show in our family and you know my mother being one of them and uh, they're all really awesome cooks and entrepreneurial and they do a bunch of crazy stuff in in my household it was myself my mom and my sister if, if it wasn't that then it was my sister and I uh, with my grandmother so I pretty much I grew up in a, in a restaurant or my grandmother's house like in a kitchen my grandmother would throw me to the chef sometimes and my mom was really interesting she uh she was growing up she was kind of like uh she was pretty spiritual she'd uh she'd have like meditation groups and stuff like that they called themselves witches and she was uh pretty pretty pro equality i i think i would say you know she was uh career focused i think she had like three jobs at any given time and she was uh she was a hustler she was pretty awesome do you take a lot of that energy since you're a serial entrepreneur yourself. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it comes from my mom and my grandmother a lot. My grandfather was a was a food broker too. So, um, but but he he's interesting in the sense that he drank a lot of his life. So he would do his business and then he would start drinking. And the women were sort of left to keep it together and pick up the pieces. If that makes sense, you know. I think I think my grandfather made he made good money and he was sort of the the bread earner you know, or, or make earn more than my grandmother's restaurant for a while. And then eventually, I think I think drinking caught up to him. And, uh, and my grandmother sort of ran the financials from that point. You know, she, uh, she, she was she was interesting in that sense. So it's cool. Yeah. Okay, so what was your role? Were you kind of like the mama's boy, the, the one that was spoiled all the time? Or did you feel like you had to be the man of the house? What was it like for you? Well, I was left to my own devices quite often, you know, like there's, there's the childhood part of it, but as I, I like, I, I lived on my own when I was 16 years old. So I was out on my own when I was 16. I had to pay for my own bills and I wanted all the fancy things that all the rich kids had. So I slowly got into uh, crime and then got into that world. I think, you know, having a mom that like she was awesome. Like when I was younger, she was a scout leader. She was, you know, she, she was a baseball coach. She was whatever she had to be. Like she played mom and dad, both roles. But as soon as I was, uh, you know, when I was on my own, it became a little different. 
I don't know. You know, I, I think uh, I think she was very independent and um, she was very career focused. And I mirrored that without knowing it for a while, you know, but I just did that, but down the wrong path. I was career focused on being a rap artist and a criminal, but uh, that work ethic, I think, um, applied back then. And I excelled at what I was doing and made a lot of money at what I was doing. And now after having a lot of life lessons, I think that I still have that work ethic that I learned from, from them. And I just apply it to this business now. What made you decide to go on your own at 16? Like that's super young. Yeah. I, I never finished high school. I have a, we operate a $28 million business now. Uh, and I never finished high school, <laughs> which is super weird, but I just didn't have the same life as other kids. And I didn't understand at the time that she was doing the best that she could to raise us and provide everything by working so much and, and by, you know, just trying to scrape by and pay the bills. And, you know, I'd see other kids that are playing hockey and having fun and getting like brand name shoes and clothing and I just didn't get it so I said you know what like I'm just gonna go get it on my own and figure it out I was upset that I didn't have the life that all the other kids in my like high school or junior high had and I didn't understand why at the time Mm -hmm. do you feel that you had a lack of a father figure growing up and that you were kind of seeking it in different role models in your teenage years yeah, I was seeking for a male role model in a, in a bunch of different places that I probably shouldn't have. I think that male uh, leads in movies mm-hmm. played a contributing role in raising me. Um, my beer drinking, 1950s style, smoking cigarettes in the office style grandfather uh, was another one of them. And so like everywhere I looked, it was just kind of, you know, and then from there it was like, dudes that were like 10 years, 15 years older than me selling crack to homeless people. But you know, that, that power, I think what, what, like, you know, you, you, it was hard for me to understand what like a, like a father figure was, you know, or, or, and I don't think I was looking for a father figure, but I would just look up to these people because they appeared to be important and they were like autonomously buying all the things that other people's parents were buying their kids. So yeah, you had some uh, male role models that weren't in the best spaces and it looks like the focus was mainly financial or just having that freedom. I think so. You know, I just, I just wanted to be somebody real bad and be important, you know, and, and it just seemed like they, they had the jump on people, you know, until later on in life where I realized, oh, okay. So the people that like didn't go for that right away and like went through the system and learned stuff. I think I debate that though with myself all the time because I'm where I am and I'm happy where I am. And I went through all the crazy stuff that I did and I have friends that got murdered, others that died from overdoses and some of them that are doing triple life sentences. But all that being said, you know, like in my headspace, like I fixed my stuff and, and became successful. And I think it was because of no one has the work ethic or not many people have the same work ethic that I have in the space that I'm in because they didn't go through the things in life that I went through. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I think that's really interesting because you had a conception of what success was supposed to look like based on the people around you. 
And I think you found a way to feel more grateful about your life and where you are now than other people that might feel like, oh, they went through the system, they did their time, you know, in that way. Yeah, yeah, it's it's never over. I think if, as soon as you think that you've done everything you were supposed to do, like it's over for you. You need to continuously try to, well, I don't know. I, well, we'll find out when we die, you know, <laughs> what the right choices might have been. Yeah. So it's interesting that you kind of grew up without a father figure, but you now have a child of your own. So how is parenting different for you now? Uh, well, it's awesome. First of all, I think just being there for someone, I, I try not to like, I just, I just try to, I have a daughter, so she's 10 years old. I just try to be silly with her. I try to be, uh, I try to model the type of dudes that she would want to welcome into her life. I think, you know, I try to show her respect and what love is and, and just how to be a nice person. And I think that if I can accomplish that and she knows how to get around in the world and kick ass, then maybe I did something right. I think the main thing for me was like, I didn't have a dad. So I got to be like the ultimate dad, even though I didn't really know what a dad is. Like, I I don't know what being a father is, but I I don't know. We roll with the punches, I guess. You know, she's pretty cool. She's, she's, she's all right. So I think we're doing okay. Are there any moments? Cause I think now she's, yeah, she's double digits now, right? So she's reaching teenage years. Mm -hmm. And I think similar to you in high school, when you easily can take the wrong turn, you know, what would you want? Um, how would you want to prevent her from making any kind of bad decisions or making sure that she's going on the right track? All I can do is teach her what I've learned and speak about what I've learned and hope for the best and, and hope that she trusts me enough to come to me with issues that she has. You know, I, I think that I think it's kind of like a, maybe it's like a bow and arrow. Like you, you pull back and you try to teach them everything you can and, and hope that they absorb it and hope that what you're teaching them is right, you know, versus wrong. Cause we don't know. And then you just kind of let it go and the arrow is going to go where the arrow is going to go. We see what happens. And, and you just kind of, you're there for guidance the rest of the time. Uh, I, I think that she's pretty smart. I think that she can figure it out. And I think that she knows that she can come to me with issues because she has in the past. I don't know. Can't control it. Okay. That's really sweet. So you were talking about being raised by women and kind of working in the criminal space. What does being a good man mean for you? And how is it different from generic other guys or toxic guys that you think of? Yeah. Okay. So first of all, I think that there's, look, I, I don't know. I just think that being a good person usually means that you got to listen to the little voice inside of your head and trust your gut and do what you feel is right. And normally that kind of answers it, you know, like you just got to be compassionate. You got to understand people. You got to, you got to have empathy. You got to, you got to help the old person across the street. You know, if you just do those kind of things, then you should be all right. So, I mean, in my experience, I meet a lot of guys that just don't know what they're doing or haven't decided how they're feeling yet. And I might appreciate that honesty, but I'm moving with intentions because Mm -hmm. I know what I want. So I would think that 
the right thing to do is to get out of the way because if you don't know, then you just don't know. I think that sometimes the thing is with a bad person is like, they're probably really good at swim. Like maybe they don't even know that they're being bad. Maybe they don't even know that they're creating a fucked up situation. Mm -hmm. So I think that we kind of have to look after ourselves a little bit in the sense that you got to like pick up on it. Well, I think it has a lot to do with control and opportunity. Like I think a lot of men want to have as much opportunity and control as they can get. I think through generations, men have just like collected women as trophies for various different reasons. And they just want them to be there, just, know. you know, just enough for, yeah. for, their, for their own access. I, I would be careful not to generalize too much. You know, I think, I think that that could fall under the, like, I think that, that there are certain individuals that probably think that way. Mm -hmm. I think there's women that think that way too. I think I think that it kind of goes both ways, but those people suck. And if you're mm -hmm. good at recognizing those people, recognize them and cut them out, and 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 you know and and be with people who don't think like that. I think that's really interesting because a lot of guys say, "Oh, well, you know, I don't have any bad guys in my circle of friends." Or if I do, you know, I'll call them out. Maybe like, we don't know who those guys are, though. Okay. You know, I I think there's no guy code. Like you guys can read who's a shitty guy. I think the really shitty guys are pretty under the table about how shitty of a guy they are. Okay. If that makes sense. Like there's like, I think that there's like general locker room talk, like boobs, you know what I mean? Like, but um, when it comes to like relationships, I think the real like pieces of shit are mm -hmm. quietly pieces of shit. I, I think. You like know? the on again, uh, off again type of guy that just like strings someone on. So what's, what's the stringing along thing? You know, because look, like I know mm -hmm. that there there are um, people that are like, look, I don't want a relationship. I do want to have sex. Yes. And like men and women are the same way in that sense. You know what I mean? Like like a guy will masturbate as much as a woman will masturbate. Neither of them will tell each other. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like I, it's it's interesting, and that's I think that there are situations where a single individual will be like, I just you know want to have intimate or, or sexual relationships with people and that's it but are you talking about like a guy that or even just a person that wants to string someone along emotionally in order to get access to the sex and that's what yes it is? yes so that's kind of the the approach so if someone just came up to me and said hey like i want sexual relations with you and these are the yeah. conditions then i have the power to say yes or no right mm -hmm. then that's a very consensual conversation. If he friend zones me, starts to be a friend for like six months, meets my parents, all this weird shit, and then wants to like slide into the romantic level, then I feel cheated that you were friends with me for six months. Like that I think is just, is just not genuine, right? Oh, but what if that poor guy doesn't know how to, is or is afraid to actually ask you straight up, friend gets into the friend zone hoping that maybe eventually you might take interest like he's got this fairy tale in his head well, that's what i that's what i mean so why don't you just start with intentions because now you created a story for me and then that's a lie to me yeah Same. some people it's fear i think uh -huh. i think i i think that those situations could potentially be a really shy guy that is afraid to straight up ask you to get into bed with him for fun you know what I mean? Like for mutual, like uh, mutual consensual fucking fun. 
he does not have the guts to straight up ask for that from you so that you can just get get to the yes and no right away i think that he's just afraid um why are people so afraid of rejection like once you know then you know you can move on because otherwise you're stringing everyone along for months and months and months confusing everybody's intentions reading into whatever like it's exhausting look i think it's interesting because i I think that uh, and i'm not zeroing in on like one particular situation because i think they're all probably different but a lot of times i do see a situation like this where a guy's like man like i've been talking to this girl for so long like i don't understand like when is she gonna like she's stringing me along i think that i hear the mirrored thing that you're saying about yourself that some guys complain and are upset about and it's literally the same thing and and there's no like it's funny if those two individuals that were talking like that and that were both feeling that I think they both feel that way at the same time. Exactly. And if they, if they were to just be like, this is what I'm straight up thinking, both of them, then I think that they're, <laughs> the world might be a better place <laughs> or at least people's love lives might be a little bit better. But yeah, like yeah. that's very tip, very typical of like, and I, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a woman, so I don't, you know, but I, but, but like, I think it's very typical of, of like a shy dude to slowly try to build up a situation with a woman in hopes that she will offer herself to him. So this is another thing. It seems like she has to offer it, you know, so that it's like, or not offer it, but bring up the conversation like, hey, you know, I'm interested in you now so that there's no chance of rejection anymore she's now brought it up you know what i mean but like why do you have to wait that long i don't think it's rejection i think that that a guy doesn't want to come across as like a pig <laughs> like in me- like i think that they just don't want to be like like oh she's gonna think that i'm like an asshole she's gonna think that i'm disrespectful and that i'm just looking at her like she's an object and uh and so i'm not going to say anything about sex at all in fear that she's going to judge him for it and and he, and they're just going to be like, oh, I'm just going to wait to see. Maybe she, like, you know, I, I need to see signs that she wants to do this with me or that she likes me. It's kind of fucked up, you know? And like, what are those signs? Like, time? Like, what, no, is, what does it do? How, how do you guys gauge that? Well, I, 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 <laughs> I'm a different human being. But um, I, I I don't know. I think it's just like it... it Look, like there's there's a lot of people that just wait in the same job and and hope that their boss is going to ask them or, or to come into the office and give them a promotion. And then there's those who walk in and they say, hey, I'd like a promotion. Uh, this is what I want to do with my life and my career. Will you give me a promotion? And then they say, no, and they say, okay, cool. That's not a problem. I'm out. Rather than wait like 14 years and then never get it and then get all angry about it. Like the, the job owes them something. Mm-hmm similar exactly it's almost exactly the same and that's what i mean like i feel i get that resentment when it's like well that wasn't deserved because you just couldn't be upfront with your own intentions that's a you problem not the other person i I bet you that that same person that has that same attitude when it comes to relationships or relations probably has that same vibe when it comes to their professional life and like who knows they might even be that way with their freaking parents i I think that that's just um that i think the problem 
affects every aspect of their life and i'm not sure how to fix it uh, like i'm weird i'll just be like buddy like toughen up like what are you doing just say things but but my grandmother always spoke her mind my mom always my, all the women in my life they say exactly what's on their mind they don't care if it's going to offend you because it's going to get the job done at the end of the day if you don't like me you know where the door is that's it but this is what i'm thinking and and it might come across as like rude but at the end of the day, it's extremely helpful because if you guys don't see eye to eye, then you know it's not going to work right away, like really fast. And I think that people should just straight up. Well, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. that, why do women always come to guys with an ultimatum? It's because he's never taken control of his own intentions and set up front what he wanted. So then she has to say, well, is it this or that? And these are my conditions now. You know what I mean? Like, well, it's very again, indecisive. Like, again, I, I just, I want to take a step back and say that, like, I think it's, it's both genders. I think that it happens on both sides. You know, I, I think that, I think that we all individually need to be conscious of what we're getting into in the, like, especially in these kind of situations. And like, if your spidey senses go off and you go, Oh man, like this seems like one of these, then you might have, cause look, women are bosses. You know what I mean? Sometimes you might have to step in and be like, Hey, look, buddy, what's going on here. It's been three weeks or two weeks, or it's been eight hours and I don't know what your intentions are. So why don't you just straight up say it mm -hmm. so that, so that you can take the initiative and just get it out of the way. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe that's what it is. M maybe, we understand that certain dudes are just not capable um, or they're afraid or they have these problems and they have, they have these issues and they're going to string you along and you know it. So just call it out. Be like, is this like, what is this? And if he's weak and he's that kind of person, then you'll mm -hmm. know right away. Instead of waiting the additional time for this ultimatum and you getting confused, like, fuck it, just fucking cut it quick, you know? I think that that's, that's advice I might give someone. I would just say, look, like, if you feel like that's been happening often, if we look at a situation like this, like, ultimately, I'm responsible for everything that happens in my life. And if something stupid or unfortunate happened, it's probably because I didn't have the foresight to see it in advance. Now that I've learned these things, and I've made these mistakes, and mistakes are very important, like, we got to meet stupid people to understand who amazing people are, right? Mm -hmm. So you go through the gauntlet of meeting a bunch of idiots, and then you kind of take a step back and you go, okay, what am I doing, you know, to find myself in this situation so much? And you just kind of, whether it's your fault or not, you know, you just kind of work towards being able to identify idiots and being like, okay, I've been through this enough to know that this guy's an idiot. See you later. And, and maybe that's what it is. Like, like it's tough because my perception of women is that they like run the show, you know, and, and that like no one can run a goddamn restaurant better than a woman. Because, <laughs> you know, I, and, and I, I think the same for, for a lot of companies. I think, look, I think that men have their strengths. I think really strong men working under really intelligent women, the world would probably be a better place. I, and I think we both have our, our strengths mm -hmm. and we need to play to them. But I, I really do think that 
if a woman finds herself in a situation where she is repeatedly meeting asshole men, that she is smart and strong and very capable of taking a step back and being like, shit, maybe I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> like maybe I got to take a step back and analyze what I'm doing and how these people are ending up in my life because there are good dudes out there. There are. Well, that's what I mean. Like, I think you're, I absolutely agree. And I think it does start with you and taking responsibility and accountability for your actions. And I think women have come very far in their own self-growth and building enough of a community and support system to -hmm. keep them there. I think men, unfortunately, never had that emotional support system with their own gender, which is, you know, well, made it problematic unless you had really strong female figures that allowed you to be more emotionally available and, and flex that muscle. Cause a lot of the times I don't think you're in those spaces, right? Like you have your locker room talk, you have like on the surface jokey stuff. Like when do you guys talk about serious stuff with other guys? It's, that's, that's tough, Amanda, because when you say men, like you could almost just be like, well, you know, blacks don't have that. I think that, mm-hmm. I think that it's not manage Like, I have those kind of conversations with with friends of mine, with with guys that I know, with with my my cousins. I, I think that we definitely recognize like that whole thing about recognizing who's an idiot and who's not. I think that we recognize the people that we don't have those conversations with because there's no point in having them. But then when we're within a circle of people that are intelligent enough to have these sort of conversations, then we have them. Look, sometimes I can talk and try to change somebody's mind, but they're not going to listen. You know, so I try to stick to the people that will engage in a conversation and listen if I'm going to have those kind of conversations, you know, but they, it exists. There are circles, there are groups. I think it's just formatted differently, but those conversations do take place. Have faith, please. <laughs> so I'm, I mean, I, I appreciate everything that is happening, that people are getting more open to having these types of conversations and we might not have any answers to help in any situation, but just having the conversation is already one step to change, right? Mm -hmm. It's just one piece of action that we can do. So if you're talking about leadership and having accountability for yourself, how would you then inspire others to also act and start being responsible for themselves too? I think that if we were in one situation, if we were to assume that it's kind of like this mirrored situation where the woman feels this way because she's like, what the hell, this guy's leading me on. And he hasn't even, the intentions aren't clear. But on the other side, the dude's like, man, like, I don't understand. Like she hasn't, you know, she hasn't expressed whether she's interested in me or not. And I've been trying to be nice. I, I, I think that the message of those guys would be to, to knuckle up a little bit and um, try to be honest and clear about what you're thinking and what you want to do and be brave tell a woman what your intentions are. I think that, you know, uh, you know, my relationship with you, or my relationship with somebody, I'm looking to make it be X, like this is where I want to be with someone in this much time. And, or I'm just straight up just attracted to you. And I just want to have fun with you every now and then or whatever it is. Like they need to just fucking say what their intention is and get brave. And I think that they should do that in all the different aspects of their life where they're probably dropping the ball and fucking up on too. 100% if that's what it is you know if they're like devious like assholes that are trying to collect women and be fucking maniacs 
that I wouldn't have any advice for those guys. We should just fucking kill them and be over with it. <laughs> but it, yeah, like, it, I agree. I just think that they, they, they don't know that they're doing that. They think that that's, you know, like, yeah, I, I want to give, I want to give most of those situations the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> and they're pro like, it's like, they're probably just as nervous as you are. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like they're, they're probably just as afraid or just as confused as you are. And if you both just have that conversation, maybe things will be a little easier. I think they just also feel like they don't deserve love. So then they, you know, hate in the world, you know, and give hate. So, I felt that way. You know I what I mean? I felt that way many a times before. I felt like I was in, I was in messed up relationships in the past because I didn't love myself. So I would allow an abusive person into my life that would scratch my face until it bleeds or like throw a glass at my face like and i'm just like allowing like, it yeah <laughs> try, yeah and I'm, I'm trying to be nice like i'll i'll apologize after i get like smashed in the face with a bottle i'll be like oh what did i do wrong i must have done something wrong what did i do wrong i must have not done this properly but eventually i learned to love myself a little more and to have a little more confidence in myself but it's because i was like oh I'm a, I'm a drug dealer i'm a piece of shit i'm the scum of the earth i uh you know i contribute to the downfall of society like no one loves me no one cares about me i might die tomorrow i might get shot in the head and like that mind state really brings a lot of negative to you but that had to change really fast as soon as i had a little girl and i'm like that was it it was over i was in mm. a fucking it was done. I was, I was like, look, uh, you're not it, like, stop crying, little baby boy. Like, stop being so angry and stop thinking like you can do anything. You have to because you have no choice because you need to be a role model for this kid. So fuck off. But yeah, there was a there was a dark time in my life. But I felt like but it, it, it didn't mean that I. I don't know. You know, who knows? Maybe maybe I did affect other people around me without even realizing it. And that's what this whole thing is about. I think yeah. it's interesting about your profession and how you identified your self-worth based on the profession. Like when I was working in advertising, I hated myself because I was monetizing off people's emotions and desires mm -hmm. through psychological advertising. Oh, you know, yeah. I, I felt like a jackass. And mm -hmm. because of that, I felt like I did not deserve love. Like there's people doing better things and in their lives and changing the world in a better way. And here I am making it worse and profiting yeah. off of it. Yeah. Fuck, love yourself first. And if you, if you're in a fucked up situation where you're earning money, doing something that you don't feel good about, then like fix that, fix yourself, fix everything that you're doing, you know, like make yourself feel good about yourself. And then, and then the, I think the right things will come your way and you'll also be in the right mind state to identify the wrong people and be like, nope. And, and you're confident. You're not just, fuck, it's interesting shit. You can find a pretty good fit if you look for it. Okay. I just want to wrap up with two last questions. Okay. The first question is what negative thoughts do your female friends have about themselves that you wish could change? Negative thoughts that female friends have about themselves that I wish I could change. Yeah, I think it's just, I see a lot of, um, I think it's just lack of confidence in, in themselves and, and in their abilities and in, in their appearance. And I'm just like, 
somebody doesn't fucking like you, they can fuck off. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, like there are, then again, there are so many people in this world that it doesn't really matter what other people think you will find your, your squad. I just think you should do your own goddamn thing and also know how fucking tough you are. Some women that I know don't understand how powerful they actually are and how powerful they actually can be just with intelligence and words and being able to see a situation and put it together. I think it's just confidence, but you know, who knows, maybe somebody beat down that confidence over time and they need to yeah. work their way okay. back up there. All right. Last question based on uh-huh. all of the things that we've been talking about, which is a lot of things, mm-hmm. which topics jumped out at you the most that you would like to invite another man to elaborate on further in another episode? I think the, uh, I think, I think you might need to dig into how some guys find their, their mate and, and, and their approach to it and the breakdown of it, you know, like, like really dig into like, okay, so you swipe, right. She likes you. You guys start chatting. What are you hoping to get out of it? Are you trying to get laid? Are you trying to look for a girlfriend? Like, are you looking for a wife? Do you want to like, like, and just like start a, like break down a couple dudes to understand what the process is there. I, th- I think that at times what seems to be a problem or something that that's, that's, that appears to be one thing could actually be a misunderstanding. So I, I think you just need to get down to the conversation of understanding why someone is doing what they're doing sooner than later and try to be the best detective you can to see if what they're talking about with you is actually honest but i think that's a vibe you know all right right. well thank you you're awesome (laughs) you're awesome thank you so much for this i really appreciate the way that he emphasized taking accountability for yourself and removing yourself from situations that don't serve you he challenged me on some of my assumptions and although i understand that there's no use in helping those that don't want to be helped I believe I have a higher calling to bring knowledge and information to this world for us to all understand each other better. But what did you think? Let me know at Miss Amanda Chen on Instagram. And if you want to be on the show, slide into my DMs. I'll talk to you guys soon. See you next time.